0: Welcome to the Energy Nerd Show, powered by Synapse Energy Economics and Climbable.org. This time on the Energy Nerd Show. So today we're talking about the value of distributed energy resources. The main technologies that are classified as distributed energy resources are like energy efficiency measures and uh, rooftop solar, behind the meter storage. These are all distributed energy resources, and the customer can then avoid procuring that electricity from the grid. The key thing to remember is that the grid needs to be designed to accommodate like the worst case scenario. So it needs to be designed for that maximum peak on the system. And so the higher that peak is going to be, the higher higher your infrastructure costs are going to be. Energy Nerd Show. Who's our guest today on the Energy Nerd Show, Jeannie? Today we have Divita Bandari, and Divita is a senior associate at Synapse. Hi, Divita. Hi, Divita. Hi. So what are we talking about today? So today we're talking about the value of distributed energy resources. Basically, distributed energy resources, generally they're located close to the customer's load. And they typically have the impact of reducing load on the grid because, you know, they're located closer to the customer's load. And in the process of doing that, they um, also avoid specific infrastructure on the grid. What are some examples of the technologies? The main technologies that are classified as distributed energy resources are like energy efficiency measures and uh, rooftop solar, uh, behind the meter storage. These are all distributed energy resources and Energy efficiency resources, you know, they obviously they just reduce your electricity consumption. Rooftop solar, you know, when they're located close to the customer load, then when they're generating electricity, the customer can then avoid procuring that electricity from the grid. And in doing that, um, you know, there's reduced load on the grid. So that's how these resources work in reducing that load. And when they reduce that load, they avoid that infrastructure. And that infrastructure basically that's avoided is the value of that distributed energy resource. Basically, I'm going to be showing us a graph of how different resources are valued depending on the load on the grid at any specific point in time. And I'll also be talking a little bit about the temporal and the locational differences in how these resources are valued. The graph that you're seeing over here uh, is basically, it's a graph that I took from a paper written by Smart Electric Power Alliance and uh, in partnership with Nexent. And the paper is about locational value of DERs. So this graph that we're seeing here, I want to first focus on the blue shaded part of this graph. On the x-axis, we have hours of the day. And on the right-hand side, y-axis, uh, we basically have peaking risk allocation. And the peaking risk allocation is basically the risk that the peak at that point of time is going to exceed the maximum peak that the system was designed for. So there's basically a risk that the the load on that grid is going to be much higher than what it was designed for. Basically, we can see over here that between the hours of 12 and 8, you know, there is a high peaking risk and specifically around the hours of like four o'clock in the afternoon, a very high peaking risk. And the key thing to remember is that the grid needs to be designed to accommodate like the worst case scenario. So it needs to be designed for that maximum peak on the system. And so the higher that peak is going to be, the higher your infrastructure costs are going to be. I'm looking at the graph and seeing a very peaky yellow line for residential energy efficient lighting, but it doesn't coincide with the blue shaded area. So it's not a problem. Is that correct? The lines on the graph are basically the production uh, profiles of each of these resources. So what you're seeing that yellow line is basically it is the load shape of residential EE lighting. And so that's basically the load that is consumed due to residential EE lighting on the grid. And when the blue shaded part coincides with that yellow, the load, it's basically saying that during those hours that when there is a high peak load, the residential EE lighting load is comparatively lower than some of the other resources that you have there. And that basically means that if you're really looking to reduce the peak, Residential EE lighting is probably not the best route to go. You should probably be targeting something like CNI air conditioning loads or uh, residential air conditioning loads and even solar. You can see that solar has a pretty high production profile overlapping with the blue part of that graph. And so basically, when you align both of these, the higher the value of that Load shape that's overlapping with the blue part of the graph, the peaking load, the higher its ability to reduce that peak load. And that means there should be a higher value for that distributed energy resource in avoiding specific infrastructure on the grid. Especially with that solar, which is the red line, for a uh, summer peak situation that we're looking at here, uh, especially if you had like four hours of storage, that might help a lot. Yeah, I mean, uh, if you have solar paired with storage, then you have a lot more control over how the profile is going to look with solar and storage combined together. And that can definitely be accommodated to align with the blue part of the graph. So yes, definitely. If you have solar paired with storage, your ability to reduce that peak load is, is going to be much, much higher. Yeah, so um, the traditional way of addressing this peak load has been to build more power plants or to build more transmission and distribution lines, basically to build maybe a combustion turbine, which is typically the kind of unit you would have to address peak loads, and then building more of those wires that are transmitting that electricity to your house. And uh, that's basically been the traditional way of doing that. But now with distributed energy resources and the value they provide to the grid, you know, that serves as an alternative to this. And you can avoid a lot of that infrastructure on the grid, you know, through distributed energy resources. One of the things that I want to mention about this graph is basically that there is a huge temporal and locational difference. You know, in the graph itself, you can see that, you know, for each hour of the day, depending on where that blue part of the graph is, you know, there's going to be different value for different DERs. There's also the locational aspect because here we're looking at one graph for a certain place. You would basically want to look at this across different locations because the blue part is going to be different across different locations. And even these lines, uh, you know, the different load profiles are going to be very different for different locations. And so there is a big difference, you know, in terms of the locational value of DERs and specifically on the distribution system, you know, this should be looked at very locally to get locally what the value of the DER is in that specific region, addressing that specific peak. I will go ahead and turn to this next chart, which is basically describing what exactly those avoided costs are. On the left-hand side, we see a couple of different value categories, which are energy, capacity, operations, and environment. What we're seeing over here on the top are basically across the power delivery uh, supply chain. There are different types of costs that can be avoided. And I should mention that I did take this graph from a paper written by LBNL, again, on the uh, locational value of the ERs. We'll have links to the papers the next up in the LBNL paper in show notes somewhere. Great. Yeah. What we're seeing over here then is, you know, we have the different power delivery supply chain impacts. For example, energy. If you think about it, if you're you know, producing that energy locally, then you're avoiding some of the fuel that's being burnt at a combustion turbine, perhaps, or, you know, another unit. Um, And so there's an avoided energy cost. And that avoided energy cost could be a lot higher depending on the cost of fuel, like natural gas prices, perhaps. There's also some costs associated with transmitting that energy from far away to your house. uh, And so there are a lot of losses on the system that occur. Uh, transmission and distribution losses. And a lot of those losses can be avoided as well, you know, with distributed energy resources. Then there's the capacity part. And, you know, this is basically the capital costs associated with installing a new power plant or the capital costs that are associated with transmission and distribution facilities. And then there's also the operations part, which is like ancillary services. A lot of these DERs also provide some services to the grid that, you know, are important to maintain a reliable grid. And then finally, there is, the environmental aspect. So, you know, you're burning less fuel, there's going to be lower air emissions. So there's an avoided cost associated with air emissions. There's also avoided costs associated with avoided waste, avoided water usage and land use. As you can see, there are a lot of different avoided costs. And as I mentioned earlier, you know, there's a huge difference in the locational aspect of the value of DER. And, you know, a very simple way to think about it is if you're in a very densely populated area, the peak demand and the peak profile is going to vary considerably than if you were in a place that is not in a densely populated city. And the costs of the resource that you're avoiding are also going to be very different. If you think about transmission and distribution costs associated with a place where there's, you know, say land costs are higher, you know, that's going to be a lot more expensive than somewhere else. So that's a very simple example of how some of these costs could vary locationally do people have kind of quantify all these costs and i imagine for benefit cost analysis or policy making or rate making you might want to sharpen your pencil and uh, estimate all these costs but then as you point out it's so complicated in terms of the timing and location it's so resource specific right and system specific It is very resource specific. And, you know, there's a part of quantifying them. And then there's the part of monetizing them, which is really important. Specifically, you know, if you're trying to incentivize DERs in a specific location, you know, where there's a higher value, then getting that value right is very important. And, you know, sometimes, you know, you can quantify the impact, but there's a lot more debate around how you can actually monetize those values to include in, say, a cost benefit analysis or, perhaps in tariff design, uh, you know, where you're trying to uh, create a price signal for these DERs. And so some avoided costs have some very specific, you know, metrics, you know, and you can uh, sometimes do capacity expansion production cost modeling through different tools to get like avoided energy costs or avoided capacity costs. But there are definitely a lot of, of these avoided costs that can be a lot more challenging to monetize like transmission and distribution costs, where you may not have as much insight into, you know, specifically what transmission and distribution infrastructure is coming on in a certain location. Location and and how it can be valued, or if you're avoiding, uh, say, carbon emissions or greenhouse gas emissions, then uh, you know what are you going to use for, say, the social cost of carbon? Yes, it may be easy to actually quantify the avoided emissions, but it's not easy to monetize them because what dollar value are you going to place on that? That's a good example where monetizing can be quite challenging. This was great. I love hearing about the benefits of DERS and and clean DERS in particular, and and the idea that. Those benefits can go back to incentivize more and more customers to, to do it. I think it's very inspiring. So this is great. Yeah, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me. Bye David. Thanks, David. Bye. Check out the show notes for visuals and links for more info on the topics discussed. You can find the Energy Nerd Show on social media pretty much everywhere at Energy Nerd Show or on our website at EnergyNerdShow.com. Thanks for listening.